You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. What does investment look like? Will anybody in here like to invest financially? It's risky, isn't it? Some of the best investments have high, you know, you can get high returns, but there's a lot of risk in some of it too. Listen, it's just like the kingdom. There's things that we have, things that we've been given that require us to make an investment. And if we don't, it just gets taken away from us. The mind can only be renewed when revelation leads to an experience with God. And that's what this understanding is all about. Revelation, whenever we get it, whenever we hear God speaking through his spirit, through somebody else, through something that happens, revelation is meant to bring us into an encounter with God. And if it doesn't bring us into encounters with God, all it does is make us more religious. I don't want to be religious. Anybody with me on that one? I don't want to be religious. So what I'm saying is, be careful. Be very careful. I can listen to things, and I do, and I read an awful lot, and I can take in, and I can get revelation, but you need to be careful. You need to be careful with what you're hearing even right now because there's a requirement for an investment. If we just keep adding on into our lives, oh, that was such a great word, that's such a great word, and it never transforms the life, then we turn into a religious people. We don't want to be religious, but we turn into it. Hello, is anybody with me this morning? The renewed mind is not about thinking. It's about living. It's about a way of life. It's not about a way of thinking. It's about a way of life. Matthew 25, 29. Matthew 13, 11. Look at that one. I just read it. He answered and said to him, because it has been given to you, know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Why? I believe it's because the culture that they were living in was one of such religious striving to try to be because of these acts that I do that with that kind of stuff, it's impossible to catch what God is saying because he's speaking to our heart. He's not trying to... You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I've been in the church my entire life and I've seen this so many times where people who aren't normal churchgoers will come into a church and all they're consumed with wanting to behave properly you ever seen that before they're consumed with wanting to how do you do things do you lift your hand okay you know it's 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 all about the behavior because the mind is predisposed to behave a certain way then i'll be accepted thank god that the gospel doesn't work like that somebody say amen to that that he accepts you and when you start to believe it your behavior begins to change come on that's a good word right there When you accept by faith what he says already of you and what he's done, then the behavior begins to change. Come on, somebody's getting free now. This word here in in Greek, in, in verse 19 here, says does not understand. It's not cognitive reasoning. That word there literally means to come into agreement. Come on, isn't that good? To come into agreement. In other words, they don't understand. In other words, they have not come into agreement with what he's saying. Listen, that right there, this agreement issue, is, it's the benchmark. It's the core of the gospel. It's the core of the gospel. is coming into agreement with what God has said. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. When you come into agreement with what he's saying, even though your intellect can't understand it, all of a sudden things start to change and you start to realize, oh, I get it. 
it's starting to make sense inside now. Come on, you guys with me here? It means to come into agreement. It also has this in it, too. One of, one of the commentaries I read says this. I can't remember which one it was. I'm sorry. It says, the experiential application that takes place through the senses. That that's what understanding really is. Shall I say that again? Understanding is an experiential application that takes place through the five senses. That's what I love what Trish said. She says, the, ch- the children are taught by the experience. Children are taught by being a part of it. We teach primarily by someone like me standing in a room where everybody's facing me and I give you information. The Hebraic way of teaching was, follow me. Oh, didn't Jesus say that? Follow me. Do what I'm doing. Even disciples were known and identified by how close they would walk to their teacher right behind them. The whole idea was that if I can get close enough behind him and even the dust of his shoes or his shoes kick up dust and that dust gets on me, I'm learning something. This is the design that we're called into. If we get close enough, stay with him, that whatever we're doing, it's kicking things up and it's just getting on me and I don't even understand it yet, but I'm starting to look like him. Understanding means yielding before you can explain it, define it, or describe it. Come on, is this helping this morning? Understanding means that you yield to it before you can explain it, define it, or describe it. The areas in my life where I have found the biggest breakthrough came with encounters with God. I've told, I tell you that all the time. But even in my inner man, my self-life was in conflict the entire time it was happening. When God shows up, it polarizes people. Hello? Go back to Acts chapter 2. Look at it. People, God shows up. Some of them are saying, what must we do to be saved? In other words, mocking. Oh, they're drunk. Look at them. Who are these guys? Who are? It's going to polarize. It's a picture of what goes on in our life all the time. We have two sides of us. We have the side of us that we love the presence of God and we want to be near him. But we have the other side that stands and goes, wait a second. I don't want to get that close. I don't want to get that close. That may require something of me that I'm not ready to give. I'm not ready to give. I'm not ready to go that far yet. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? right? I can tell you the two most profound times in my life where I've had galactic encounters with God, I felt the self-life inside every time, both times. I felt this thing where I had to make a choice, and I go, I can either yield before I can describe it, explain it, or define it. I can yield to it before I understand it, or I can say, wait, I don't want to go there. And both times that I've had the biggest encounters in my life, I had to push the self-life down. Hello? Your breakthrough that you're desiring, the breakthrough in your life that you're desiring, lays just beyond that little crossroad right there. When we step into a place of going, God, I know and I trust you for something greater because I believe you to be good. I really do. We sing about it all the time. We talk about it. And I know that you're really good, but I can't seem to find breakthrough. I think I'll find this breakthrough when I finally just go past that just a little bit. You take that little leap of faith and you go, I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this, but I'm going to trust you. The two most profound times that marked my life in ways no other, like no other, Two most profound times, I had that self-life inside that just goes, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go. Even though I had physically 
both times, both occasions, I had profound physical manifestations going on in my body. Undeniable, it was God showing up. Undeniable. I mean, I like good drama, like the rest of the, every other guy. But I don't like want to perform when it comes to the whole church stuff. You guys know what yeah. I'm talking about, right? Amen. I mean, we can, we can adopt and adapt cultures where it's normal to do certain things, right? And I, it's okay. That, that happens. I'm not interested in making that part of our staple of living. What I'm interested in is transformation. And what I know to be true is that there are multiple times, but the two most profound times that I've experienced God in my life, it came to that point of just going, oh, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I finally <laughs> gave in. And when I gave in, there it was. There it was. Now, all of a sudden, the answers start to come. All of a sudden, the connection starts to come. The, the embrace. Come on, how many want to be embraced? Right? It comes just on the other side of that thing because there's always thoughts, and they may look different for you than they did for me, but the thoughts that I had in my mind were, I'm going to look like an idiot. They're going to think something's wrong with me. Well, fortunately, when you stand up in front of people as often as I do, I've removed all doubt. But as I'm growing in the Lord, I want to do just that. I want to grow. I don't want to pile on more information in my head. I don't know where we were talking about this the other day, but true discipleship, because this is what we're about, make disciples, right? True discipleship is not about adding information into our minds. It's about a tearing down. It's a tearing down of this pre preconceived idea. It's a losing of this thought about the character and nature of God. It's a destruction of this false idol, whatever. I'm not even talking about bad things. I'm talking about things that we hold up on how we perceive God. And those things get torn down. And he just keeps showing up and saying, oh yeah, that's, you're not like that. Oh, you're better than that. Yeah, that's gone. Okay, now you're learning. And then another level of discipleship. It's get another thing getting ripped away from us. We need to have something ripped away and we need to have it stay away in our lives. This thing of the God who disappears. There is no disappearing God. There is no distant God. There is no such thing as a God who separates himself from you. Come on, hello, are you with me? There is no such thing. Well, Andrew, what about that passage? You know, that Old Testament passage, your sin has separated you from God. Read it again. Your sin has what? Separated who from God? Oh, so it's not God who's leaving, it's us. The Seder dinner, I love this. Take account, what you were talking about the days before. Take account. Ask God what's going on. Sin does not keep God away from you anymore, okay? This is, this is, that's, a, that's a religious, we need to lose that. Sin does not keep God away from you. Here's the way I like to look at it. And all these analogies break down at some point. But I like to look at it like this. I have the spirit of the living God living inside of me. Anybody else got him? And you know what? He doesn't leave me. When I sin, he doesn't go, oh, God, oh, God, Andrew, please, really? I mean, God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Spirit's looking up at the Father going, jeez, what up? <laughs> oh, we have that thinking in our minds, though, don't we? Somehow we're going to get to heaven, we're going to go hide in a corner, and then we think that Jesus is going to be sitting there right next to the Father, and the Father's going to look at Jesus and go, how the heck he to get in here? Well, it's that thing. I died. He said yes. Boom, here he is. <laughs> That's, this is discipleship. Get rid of that notion right there. 
If we're not growing into a place of maturity, I can promise you all we're doing is turning into religious people. That's all we're doing. It's <laughs> I love this. The whole gift of the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ is free. It's absolutely free. It's absolutely free. Maturity, that's going to cost you something. And what it's going to cost you is the self-life that I'm talking about. It's this inner desire to protect, to stay safe. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? We want to come into a room and we want to feel, we want somebody to like us. What's really fun is being around people who have learned and have matured to a point where they're just like, they're not really that concerned about somebody liking them. I'm not talking about somebody who has an attitude. I'm talking about people who really know what it means to have that intimate oneness with him so much so that they're not concerned about what somebody's going to think about them. And that's that's fun to be around. People like that, they're so much fun to be around. They're so attractive. They're so attractive because they're so confident because they've, they've started to learn and mature and grow and they're not back in this thing right here where we're talking about where they haven't understood and things keep getting ripped away from them. Because the word keeps coming, but we're not maturing. So these things keep getting ripped away from us. Understanding means to yield. Yield to it before you can explain it. Hebrews 11.3. By faith we what? Understand that the worlds were framed. Same thing. By faith we understand. By faith we what? We experience. We come into this five senses where we say, God, my intellect doesn't get it. I don't know about you guys. Have you read creation story lately? <laughs> you really should. Yeah. Do you remember when that movie Noah came out? Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> that movie Noah comes out and all of a sudden my Facebook feed and all kinds of news feeds are filled with Christians saying that was so wrong, this was off, that's not right. Yeah. And I was like, give me a freaking break. I'm, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to sit down and read it. I sat down and read the creation story and to, only to discover I had a lot of preconceived ideas about what I thought to be true about the creation story, and they're not even in the Bible. Amen. Think about it. Just try it sometime. <laughs> and so somebody uses a little creative artistic license to create, I guess it was the Nephilim he was trying to create with these rock figures in the movie. You guys remember that? Yeah. If you've seen it, it's really kind of cool, actually. And I looked at it and was like, that is so stinking creative. And everybody else is like picking on it, like, blah, 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 this isn't right, it doesn't look like that. And I'm like, at least somebody's got a brain and they're using the creativity that God has given them to create something. You're sitting there picking on it. And what I'm saying is this, guys, there are things in our mind that we think we know that are preconceived, and I just think God's really wanting to come in and he's wanting to tear down, saying, give me that thought, give me this thought, give me that thought. Let me tell you, let me tell you about who I really am. You know that really is repentance, right? Changing your mind. You're getting it changed all the time. Repentance is a lifestyle. It's a movement. It's not a moment. It's a lifestyle. It's a way we move. It's the way our lives are designed. Don't people, when I talk about the goodness of God all the time, people will say to me or insinuate sometimes, but there's got to be repentance. Yeah, and it's ongoing. And I'm constantly having my mind changed on how good he is. Constantly. It's way better than you think. It's so good, it's bad. You'll figure that one out a little later. Understanding means yielding, but it also means obedience before you can explain it, define it, or describe it. Hearing the word of God without doing locks us in to form without power. 
And doesn't, doesn't the word talk about that? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power? Having a form of godliness. Gosh, man, listen, this stuff, it, it makes me think. I read passages like that, and it's like having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Man, am I guilty of doing that, God? Am I, am I, am I just learning a bunch of new stuff? And it's easy for me, guys. I have to be very careful because I can learn an awful lot because I read and listen to things all the time. I can, be, it's diff- I can read something and be moved by something, and I have to be careful that I'm just not having it move me so that I can come give you something. You hear what I'm saying? If it doesn't start with right here and how it's moving inside of me first, and then I try to give it to you, it's just going to be wah, 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 wah. Look at me. Isn't that awesome? Did you get revelation? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> obedience with revelation is the only way to experience. Ephesians 5.17 Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So again, if we take this same principle, it says don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If I'm really going to understand it, then I've got to start to experience it. I can't just say I know what the will of God is. I've got to experience it. The five senses have to be moved. You guys, have you ever had God speak to you through your senses? Right? I think it's important that we do that, that we not... We're created in the image of God and we're being conformed into the image of Christ. And if that, if he was a man, that means he experienced all of God as a man. Right? So what does it mean to smell God? We talk about touching him. Oh, I saw God or I heard God. What does it mean to smell him? What does it mean to really feel him? What does it mean? Have you ever been in a room before? I've been in a room before when this has happened where I could feel um, something changing in the room. I, could, I don't even know how to describe it. I could feel a certain part of the room begin to change. It was kind of like the climate. I want to say the temperature, but it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. I want my senses home to be able to understand that kind of stuff. I remember being at a, uh, it was a youth camp one time, and I started to sense there was a certain part of the room that was changing. And it was in the middle of the room, and we were all gathered around in this kind of big circle. A few people piled over in a corner. But we're sitting there, and we're worshiping. And I just sat there for the longest time going, what is that? And I kept looking at that part of the room going, what is that? What is that? And I finally started to discover that that's where he was manifesting in the room. We talk about the manifestation of God coming, and we think it's a general thing, but he came specifically in that one area. I'm pointing right here. It wasn't there. Um, it was right there. And I just remember, I said, man, if you really want to feel God right now, go stand right there. People got up and began to walk, and as soon as they got there, they'd bam, and they'd fall out of that place. Fall on the ground. People were jumping to try to get into that because there was something happening right there. I think there's something about learning through our experience. I can't explain it. I don't know what that means. If you ask me to give you a theological understanding of why he was right there in that room doing that, I have no idea. I don't know. I've just learned as I've grown up to give him some credit for knowing some things that I don't. (laughs) I was teaching at a YWAM one time. Same thing started to happen. And there was this young girl sitting there. She was from England. She was leaning over a desk kind of like this. And I started to see the presence of God in her hands. Now that's weird. It was a sense I didn't see it physically with my eyes, but there was a sense of this knowing of like there's something going on and it's right there in your hands. 
And I said something to her. I said, it's right there. he's right there. He's doing something. It's right there. He's on your hands right there. And she would reach over. And now, please understand, when you're at a, like a YWAM, this is a youth without any money. No, that's not what that means. What does it mean? <laughs> it means... Yeah. Youth with a mission is what it means, yes. It's, so you get all different kinds of walks of life in these DTS schools. They're coming from all over the country, from all different church backgrounds. So you've got people who believe in the Spirit of God, speaking in tongues and all that stuff, and those who don't. They've got all this kind of stuff. And this girl, she's from England. She's, got, she's clueless on this whole spirit moving thing. And I'm, we're sitting there, and I'm like, she's right there. He's on your hands right there. He's right there on your hands. And she thought it was kind of funny. So she just reached up, and she touched the person next to her. The person burst out laughing, like uncontrollable laughing. So she touched another person. They burst out laughing. I'm not talking about this manufacturer. I'm talking about full-on, can't-stop-it kind of laughing. The whole room just started to erupt in this laughter. And it makes sense, doesn't it? It's biblical. In his presence is a fullness of... Yeah, okay, well, that would make sense. And there he was, manifesting right there. Why is this important for us? Let's, and I'm, I'm saying this, if I could say this from a pastoral apostolic admonition to you. Let's grow. Let's grow, not in intellect, but let's grow in this experiential knowledge of who he is. I'm not even trying to suggest what it may look like. I don't even know, but I do want to be able to keep true to what we came here to do, which is to see a culture changed, to see a city changed. Principles are great. If you don't know what else to do, principles are great. But we don't live by principles, we live by presence. Principles are the seatbelts and the airbags in my car. That's what they are. Keep you from getting hurt. They won't move you down the road. It's his presence. It's the power of God that's going to propel us and move us. But it's going to require of us, church, listen to me closely. It's going to require of us moving into things that we don't understand in our intellect. And I, I want to see those things happen. I don't want to look back two years, three years, five years, eight years from now, look back on what we're doing here and be in the same place. But I know the propensity. This is not a blame thing. I'm putting this on me. I know the propensity. So if there's anything going on inside of me right now, it's like I'm kicking you in the butt really softly right now. (laughs) Let's let's go further. Don't let the self-life, the self-man protect and hide and keep us from walking into things that we can walk into. These guys got it. They got it. They, they left everything so that they could follow him simply because, like when Peter says, I love this story, when Peter, you know, Jesus talking about the whole cannibalism thing, eat my flesh, drink my blood, Peter says, I just don't know what the heck you're talking about. But when you talk, something, something inside of me comes alive, and I just want to be next to you. That's all I know. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is when you talk, something inside of me comes alive, and it's speaking to the very core of who I am. This is, this is the impartation thing. Jesus comes on the scene, and all he's doing is imparting life. Everywhere he goes, he's just imparting life. And we tend to, in the church, turning it into right and wrong instead of life and death. Tell me what's right. Tell me what's wrong. It's not about that. It's about what's giving life. What's bringing death? Everybody stand up with me here.
I want to leave you with this passage here. Luke 18.8 says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? That's his concern about his return. When he returns, will I find faith on the earth? And we've turned it into, are we going to be excessive? He's not concerned about excessive people. Oh, and by the way, there is no balance in the gospel. Get that notion out of your head. Everything about the gospel is extreme. Everything about it is extreme. There is no balance in the kingdom of God. You hear what I'm saying, right? Well, I don't want to cluck like a chicken. And I don't want to... Well, listen, I don't either. I don't even know. I don't know about all that, whatever. All I know is I don't want to miss out what he's doing. If somebody begins to laugh uncontrollably at the most serious moment, I kind of want to know what's going on with that because... That took a bit of risk right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's not worried about coming back and finding excessive people. He's worried about coming back, according to Luke 18, he's worried about coming back and finding faith. Am I really just going to believe what he says? Am I going to come into agreement? Am I going to come into agreement? Am I going to understand it? Am I really going to just come into a place of agreement and go, I don't get it, but I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Hold your hands out here. All right, God. We are a whacked, messy people that absolutely love you and who are choosing to not be so concerned about what we look like anymore. Lord, we really do want to come into agreement and understand. That's what we want. We don't want to have things that you bring to us, revelation, insight. We don't want you to bring that stuff to us only to find out it didn't land. It didn't have a place to land. Yeah, yeah, Lord. So, Lord, however it looks, if you're just in agreement with me on this, you can just use your own words and say, God, do whatever you want to do. I want to I I move into places that just take me into supernatural realms that become so supernatural and so often supernatural that it becomes the new normal. It's the new normal, the way I live. Guys, you know I'm not talking about, even though we're about laying hands on the sick and praying, you know we're all about that and we'll never get off of it. I'm talking about something deeper that transforms the life so that when people look at us, they go, what the heck? What the heck? Dang. All right. So, Lord, we'll take whatever you got for us in all of this stuff. All I know is we want to be that people. We want to be that people who when the world looks at us, when the unbeliever looks at us, when the religious look at us, when our families look at us, they look at us and go, well, I don't know what that is, but that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I want to be a people like that, Lord. Do you hear our heart? Hear our cry? Lord God. And Lord, we're saying and we're making a commitment to you, and don't do it if you can't do it. Saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back the self-life. I'll push back the self-life, and I'll step into it. Even though it may be a little risky and unknown, I'm going to step into it anyway. Anybody say amen to that? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on, thank the Lord. You're good, God. A um, little bit of good news here. Last week, we did our capstone. And how many of you guys were here for that, the in-gathering? We had kind of a low Sunday, but we had a pretty good in-gathering. You guys ready to hear this? For a church this small, I, I was blown out of the water that the total pledge for that in gathering is $162,000. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, here's the fun part don't strive, 
You just sit there and go, God, where's it coming from? And watching, but seriously watching. I don't want to expose them. They can tell the testimony, but I had one person come and tell me that as soon as they decided to make their pledge, all of a sudden checks in the mail started coming. As soon as they decided, that's how it works. It's not about striving. It's about I'm opening myself up to watch this stuff flow through me. That's how it works. What we're doing is, in case there was some confusion on it, this is for this year, 2016. So we have the pledge coming in, and what we're doing is just saying, watch God all throughout the year. And at the end of the year, we'll see where we are with all of this. But I think it's going to be a wonderful journey and adventure. Some people have decided to do a monthly thing. Totally fine. You can do whatever you want with that. Just watch what God is doing. It'll be through the course of this year. If some of you haven't done it yet and you're still considering it, you can still do it. It's no, no problem. So $162,000. $162,000. I am really excited to see what God's going to do with this whole thing. because it's Guys, if you don't know it, from the very beginning of this church, this is how this has worked. From us moving here to meeting in our house, everything has been about risk and faith. And it's been so fun watching God show up the entire time we've been here. So... I just I pray that impartation for you guys, that you live in a place of risk and faith and that you will find an incredible amount of joy when you do it, that it will be so fun because you're walking on this wonderful journey and connection with God and you're saying, I'm never alone in this, so, so God, let's do this together. So amen, 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 amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.